From creation to the flood to the patriarchs to Egypt, join me, Pastor Hook, as we go through Genesis, the backstory to the beginning. That being said, we are now um, in Genesis. Let's see, we're in Genesis 25 today. And Genesis 25 is a bittersweet chapter. And it's a bittersweet chapter because uh, we saw yesterday, um, well, we saw over this week that Sarah died, Abraham's wife Sarah died. Isaac was able to go and get a wife and this wife was just an answer of prayer from God. Uh, they're very, very happy together, so happy together that Isaac is comforted about his mother Sarah's death. But um, the other thing is that Abraham is still alive, but Abraham's getting up there too. And Abraham is the major story that we've been covering over the last 10 chapters. We've seen how he went to Egypt, how he... Uh, married Sarah, how God gave him a promise. He took the promise into his own hands and, and uh, lay with Hagar and had a son named Ishmael, but then that didn't go well, and we knew that wasn't going to go well. Then he had Isaac, and then he found a wife for Isaac, and all this stuff that's happened to Abraham, the father of faith, um, the one who was going to sacrifice his son. But the story of Abraham now comes to an end. Uh, he he passes away, and it's like reading a great novel. I don't know if you've ever read a great novel, and you get to the end of that particular novel, and you're just filled with sadness because the story of that person ends. Uh, and I know you can read the novel again, but there's just a sense of um, this is the end of the story. So today is the end of Abraham's story. And, of course, his story lives on because he's the father of faith, so we talk about Abraham all the time. But, uh, and he is, as I've said, 54% of the world, uh, by religion and religious affiliation, follow Abraham. So he is a man who had a tremendous impact upon the world. Um, so he should be mourned a little bit. Uh, and his story... Uh, should be remembered, and so this is this is the end of Abraham. So, th that being said, let's just go ahead and read, beginning at verse one of chapter twenty-five. Abraham had taken another wife, whose name was Keturah. She bore him Zimran, Jokshan, Medan, Midian, Ishbak, and Shua. Josh. Jokshan was the father of Sheba and Dedan. The descendants of Dedan were the Asherites, the Letushites, and the Leumites. The sons of Midian were Epheth, Ephah, Epher, Hanak, Abida, and Eldah. All these were the descendants of Keturah. Abraham left everything he owned to Isaac, but while he was still living, he gave gifts to the sons of his concubines and sent them away from his son Isaac to the land of the east. Um, Abraham lived 175 years. Then Abraham breathed his last and died at a good old age, an old man and full of years, and he was gathered to his people. So this, this is the end. Apparently he took another wife, um, whose name was Keturah, and, he, and she bore him other sons. So Abraham's first wife is Sarah, apparently takes another wife and has sons over that. 
And that was always, you know, a possibility is that Sarah could have died and, and the problem was actually Sarah and not Abraham. But, um, but whatever, he takes another wife and then apparently had concubines. Uh, we knew that, that uh, Hagar was kind of a concubine, more of a slave girl to Sarah, but I guess you could call that a concubine, but apparently had other concubines too. But um, everything he has... And this is the way it happens in these Old Testament stories. Everything he had went to Isaac. Now today, when we, when we die, we give typically, like in my will, it's, it's um, split evenly between my four kids. Uh, any assets that we have at the end of life would be split evenly between our four kids. Um, and I, I imagine most of you are that way. Uh, I know my father, I think it's that way with him. And I keep telling him, but I hope you don't have any assets when you're done, right? I don't want anything. I want you, and I want you to enjoy it all to the fullest. Um, but, uh, but if there is anything left, it goes to my four kids. But in the Old Testament, and especially these tribal religions, you can't do that because then the wealth gets dissipated. And, and so there is a, a tremendous responsibility on the firstborn. And the responsibility is this, you get all the wealth, but now you're in charge of the whole tribe. You become like a, I don't know if it's like a monarch. It's not really a monarch, but it's kind of like a monarch because now it's your responsibility, it falls on your shoulders to take all this wealth and keep the tribe together. And that is your job as the firstborn son or the person that from whom the inheritance goes. And this was very accepted, and we all, and they all accepted it. it. I mean, it's not like everybody was angry that everything went to Isaac. Everything went to Isaac, but there was a responsibility on Isaac's shoulder that he was to keep the whole tribe together, which Isaac does do, and, and most good sons would do this. Um, and if you think about then the story of the prodigal son, uh, you know, where, where he asked for his inheritance, basically what he's saying is that I want to rip the family apart. Uh, and that was, that was not good. So Isaac now is the one in charge. He replaces Abraham. He's now the king of the clan, uh, and has all the wealth. And he is now the new Abraham and Abraham lives 175 years old. And I love this. He breathed his last and he died at a good old age. How many of us would love to just die at a good old age? An old man full of years, and gathered to his people. Uh, I remember when my mother died, um, all the kids were sitting around. Uh, she died of cancer, uh, lying in bed, you know, withering away as it happens. And um, we were all there. And what a blessing to be, because uh, she died in Phoenix, I'm here in Vail, so I was able to go down quite frequently. Um, and towards the end, I think I went down every day. Um, but just to, just to be surrounded by your family when you die, um, that is what a huge blessing that is, right? I, um, I think I look back on that. I've been to other people, you know, as they die because I'm a pastor, I'm often honored to be at the bedside when people are dying. And uh, I, I, I find that a great honor that people would allow me to be in such an intimate moment of their life. Um, but I represent the whole entire congregation. You know, I bring their love at that at that point. Um, and uh, but what a blessing 
to be surrounded by by your family you know at the end you know live a good old age a man full of years gathered to his people i mean that is that has to be uh, the worst part of this pandemic you know i was talking about uh, paul Schaefer, whose wife died you know and apparently I, I'm assuming, I think this is true, he wasn't able to be there at her bedside. What, what, um, what a lonely way to go. I mean, I just think I would, I would, that would rip me apart. It really would. Um, I, I'd have to have a lot of grace and comfort uh, at that point. And um, so uh, th that is one of the, the hardest things, weddings, funerals, baptisms you know these these events where we want to rejoice with the rest of the body of Christ and we can't do that or, or mourn with the rest of the body of Christ uh, that is a very difficult very difficult thing um, and I don't know if there's a great way beyond it I mean I really don't know um, so pray for those who've had to go through this loss without the family being able to be there and I know that uh, in Paul's case his family is surrounding him, not Kay, but surrounding him. So, I mean, that's that's a blessing, but still, it's got to be tough. But then we come to the end of Abraham, and uh, we mark off that chapter, uh, and it's bittersweet because Abraham uh, was such a great man of faith, and uh, Abraham is all of us. We see ourselves in Abraham, um, and he's the father of faith. So, uh, we'll continue on because he's not alone. Uh, he has two sons. Uh, his sons Isaac and Ishmael bury him in the cave of Machpelah near Mamre in the field of Ephron, son of Zohar the Hittite. Now, if you remember, um, this is the, the property that Abraham purchased with a treaty or a deed uh, from Zohar. He said, I want the cave and Zohar says, I'll give it to you. And he says, no, I want to buy it from you. So they set, was it, 40 shekels to buy the cave. And he bought the cave and the land. And this is now where Abraham is buried with his wife, Sarah, is in this cave. And what's interesting is that Isaac and Ishmael are both there as brothers doing this to Abraham. Uh, we thought, of course, that Ishmael left with Hagar and never to be seen again. But apparently Ishmael has always stayed near uh, to the tribe. Um, and it is just good to see the two sons come back together. I mean, that's kind of cool, right? To see the two sons come back together again uh, to bury their father. Um, let's see. The field Abraham had bought from the Hittites, where Abraham was buried with his wife, Sarah. And after Abraham's death, God blessed his son, Isaac, who then lived near Be'ir Lahai Royi which is also very interesting because Be'ir Lahai Royi is the well, right? Be'ir is the well, Lahoi the the well of the God who sees me, right? Um, and that that is the well where Ishmael and his mother Hagar had fled to when they were kicked out of the tribe by Sarah. So Sarah didn't like Hagar uh, with, with Ishmael, and once, once Sarah had her own child, then, he, then she said to Abraham, you got to get rid of the Hagar. So Abraham gets rid of Hagar. Hagar goes out into the wilderness. There's no water. She's about to die. 
Uh, and then the angel of the Lord appears to Hagar and says, listen, don't die. There's a well right over here. There's a spring right here. Go have some water and live and uh, you will have many descendants and you'll be blessed also. That God had not forgotten Hagar or Ishmael. And so Hagar named that well, that place, the Be'ir Lahai Roi, um, the well of the, where the God who sees me. And, um, and so uh, it, just, it just seems like it all comes full circle. All the strife, all the pain and suffering of life. And here at the death of Abraham, it seems like they've all come back together again. They've all reconciled. Uh, and they see Abraham as a great man because he was a great man. Uh, as we've seen, he did a lot of traveling. He had a lot of people in his tribe. Uh, God blessed him. God came to him. God blessed him with, uh, you know, with Isaac, who was going to be the progeny to, to carry forward the, the tradition of this tribe and the wealth of this tribe and to become a great nation of this tribe. Um, it, is, uh, it is a fitting thing for Abraham to be surrounded by his two boys uh, and to be buried by his two boys. I, uh, well, I would consider it a great blessing to be, to be surrounded by my children at my death. Um, and I, I pray that I will be. Uh, that, you know, you don't, we don't think about that too much, but that is in all of our future. All right, so um, I guess I could, let's see what the next story is. Let me just look ahead here. Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll do the next story because this is interesting also, and it's not too long. So this is Genesis 25, beginning at verse 12. Now this is the account of the family line of Abraham's son, Ishmael whom Sarah's slave Hagar the Egyptian bore to Abraham. These are the names of the sons of Ishmael listed in the order of their birth. Nebaioth, the firstborn of Ishmael, Kedar, Abdil, Mibsam, Mishma, Duma, Massa, Hadad, Tem Tema, Jetur, Naphish, and Kedema. These were the sons of Ishmael, and these are the names of the 12 tribal rulers according to their settlements and camps. Ishmael lived 137 years. He breathed his last and he died and he was gathered to his people. His descendants settled in the area from Havilah to Shur near the eastern border of Egypt as you go towards Ashur and they lived in hostility toward all the tribes related to them. So um, looks like there's 12 sons for uh, Ishmael. He is a man very blessed with 12 sons. Uh, Isaac does not get 12 sons, and you'd think maybe that's, you know, he's not being blessed. Uh, but we'll find out that the blessing comes a little bit later. Ishmael's sons go out. Uh, they don't appear to kind of stay together as a tribe. They kind of disperse. Uh, they take all their stuff and they disperse, and they live in hostility towards all the tribes related to them. So they're, um, they're not as coherent. They don't seem to have as much family togetherness as Isaac does. Isaac is going to keep his tribe together, um, but Ishmael doesn't. Uh, and he has a lot of sons. I mean, look at this. Nebaioth, Kedar, Abdul. I mean, what a blessing to have so many sons. Can you imagine having that many around the dinner table? But apparently they're an unruly people, as Ishmael is an unruly people, um, and they live in hostility. So that's the, that, and that's kind of the end of Ishmael. It's interesting, uh, that the Islam see Ishmael as the father of their religion. 
Uh, and it's definitely an Abrahamic religion because you know all the religions of the Middle East are. Uh, people looked into this, have questioned whether or not that's true because of where they lived and where the Arab tribes are. I guess the first mention of this is actually in Josephus. Uh, and there's other people that have looked at it. You know, I don't, I don't know. It's if if they believe if if they believe that Ishmael is their father, it's fine with me. Although it's apparently it's not even in the Quran, which is interesting. Um, it's in the writings after the Quran where they tie it into Ishmael. Uh, but the Quran is a, a series of writings uh, that it's interesting. The verses in the Quran are called surahs, S-U-R-A-H, I believe. And they're written not in chronological order, but they're written from largest or from, I think it's is it large, the, the longest verse to the smallest verse. They're, that's how they're listed in the Quran. Uh, and so it's, it's hard to really kind of keep track of all of the Quran because you have to really study it to understand how it all fits together, um, which is interesting. And I, I haven't studied it in depth, but I've just studied a little bit. Um, and uh, they, they believe they're the followers of Ishmael. That's fine with me. I have no problem with that. Ishmael is honored in the Old Testament, and it is honored by Christianity. I mean, Ishmael is the brother of Isaac and the son of Abraham, whom we all are sons of Abraham. So we feel a kindred spirit with Ishmael. And, uh, you know, no, no fault of his own that he wasn't the, first, you know, the one that was given the inheritance. But God can only choose one to, to keep the tribe going, and he chose Isaac. And so Ishmael, unfortunately, is not the number one son. But, but you know, all of us have to live with disappointments in life, right? My disappointment is that my, I am not the firstborn son. My brother, Mike, is the firstborn son. My brother, Mike, is uh, very strong. He's big boned. Um, he got my grandfather's frame, which is a very big frame. I got my mother's frame, which is a very tiny frame. Uh, and I'm a tiny framed individual. And I am just not... I just don't have the strength or the body, you know, of, that my brother does. But it's the it's the body that God gave me, and I'm okay with it. Uh, I keep telling I have four daughters, and a couple of them are really tiny. And I say, well, tiny people live longer. <laughs> I don't know if that's true or not, but it helped them get through uh, get through life a little bit. Anyway, so uh, uh, maybe I'll live longer because I'm tiny. Well, and I, I uh, who was the biggest guy? Um, he was like. The tallest guy that's ever lived, eight foot something, but he died at Wal Walter Wally. Wal I can't remember. Anyway, but you know, when you're really huge, when you're a giant, you don't live very long. So I know that's for a fact because uh, it's an anomaly that that messes up your heart and your kidneys and all that sort of thing. Anyway, so boy, is that a tangent? Hey, good to see you today. We're not meeting tomorrow. We are meeting Monday, but it's at seven o'clock live. And if you're joining us live, great. If you're not joining us live, please just say something. Just the first day. You don't have to do it forever, but just the first day. Let us know that you're, that you're joining us, and that would be great. Uh, let's go ahead and close in prayer. Dear God, thank you for um, the story of Abraham and how he fills us with hope. Man, he messed up, but you still loved him, and you made him a great nation. We mess up, but you still love us, and you call us into your kingdom. Watch over us. Over the weekend, keep us safe. Bring us back again safely again on Monday. In Jesus' name we pray.